Hello and welcome to the Freedom Baptist Church podcast from Freedom Baptist Church in Minneola, Texas, where we're free from the chains of sin and death. Thank you for listening and please enjoy.
to him it is sin. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is sin. What does that mean, Brother Don? That means if you know, if God laid it on your heart to touch someone, if God laid it on your heart to bless someone, if God laid it on your heart to speak to someone and tell them about the name of Jesus, the mighty name of Jesus, if you hold your hand back, that's a sin unto God. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians. We're going to start verse 8. 2 Corinthians uh, 5, I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right. If you've got it, we're going to get around to it. All right. Whether I, we are confident, I say, and willing to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor, whether we be present or we're absent, whether we be accepted of him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Hold on. That does not mean the great white throne judgment. That is the Bema seat. Let me explain to you what the Bema seat is. In ancient Greece, you would have these people, they had what's called the what we now call the Olympics. And on that seat, on that great hill, there was a raised platform. And it was where everyone that ran in the race came to receive their reward. So when we get to the beam of seat of Christ, we are going to stand on that hill and we are going to receive our rewards. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to he to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust, trust also are made manifest in your consciousness. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf. That you may somewhat have to answer them which glory in the appearance and not in the heart. Let's go to glory and prayer. Father, I want to thank you for the day and the miracles of Jesus that you've shown us. Father, I pray that the word not return void. Father, I ask now that you would just bless each one here and let them receive the word that they need to hear. Father, I ask you now to bless the reading of your word. Father, I ask that you use me one more time. Father, I ask a blessing for everyone here. Let the word not return void. Jesus, mighty name, I ask it. Amen. Now, the beam of seed of Christ. We started in 2 Corinthians 5, and we, we, we look at what we're going to talk today about is the benefits of being a soul winner. 
we're going to talk about the thing that most churches don't, and that's personal evangelism. We, again, said James said, to him that knows to do good and doeth it not is sin. Have you ever had someone come around and just something about you, you needed to minister to that person. God put them in, in your way for you to minister to them. If you don't, that is sin. To do it not, that is sin. But God puts people in our lives for a very special reason. And I can think of one person. I'm not going to go there. I'm sorry, folks. But in 2 Corinthians, we're told that there, there is a compulsion of Christ. We are compelled to speak to a lost and dying world. We are, God will make a way. We're compelled. We are supposed to be a personal witness. My wife has lectured me numerous times about uh, getting on various denominations. And I want to try to do that. But in 2 Corinthians 5 and 9, we talk about the compulsion of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 and 9. Therefore, we, we are always confident knowing that we... While when we are, up, are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. We notice here, this is Paul preaching and teaching. Look, folks, one day we're going to leave this whole world behind us. One day we are going to stand before God on the beam of seat. One day we're going to be there to, to get our prizes for what we did or what we didn't do. Book of Matthew, the book of Mark tells us that the, that our works, if our works are not built on the Word of God, if our works aren't built on these things, if they're anything other than the Word of God, wood, hate, stubble, they will be burned up. And we've got this, we've got this thought in the modern church today that when the Lord comes and catches us all home, that we're going to stand before God and we're all going to get that mansion. But that's not what God says. God tells us that we will be rewarded according to our works. Now, we do not believe in works for salvation. They asked Moody one time, do you believe, do you believe in works for salvation? He said, you're not saved by good works. You're saved unto good works. Folks, we're supposed to be getting up. We're supposed to be blessing people. We're supposed to witness to people. We're supposed to let our light show so shine among men that all may see his glory. How many of us sit back and we believe that, you know, that, that five-point five calvary that everyone has chosen? And uh, I like to go to... Uh, D.L. Moody, Billy Bray, and all of them, all the old pastors. And they say, 
That'd be fine. But up until that day, I'm going to preach whosoever will may come because God hadn't given me that list. So everybody that you meet, every person that you meet, everybody that God has put in your job, in your way, is there for one reason, for you to be a witness to. Yes, the people that you go to school with. Yes, the people that you work with. You will never meet a person that Jesus didn't die for. We sang that song a while ago, that beloved song, Because He Lives. Don Smith can face tomorrow. We've seen unimaginable pain come through this church, and the devil is fighting this church like nothing I've ever seen. But because He lives, I can face tomorrow. With every miracle that we've seen, and folks, we've seen the miracles. For every miracle that we've seen, we've seen the devil hit. And folks, if God was, if God was done with us, the devil wouldn't be fighting with us. Because as long, as long as you don't pose the threat to the devil, he's not going to touch you. But the minute you step out by faith and say, I'm going to do what God said. I'm going to be that light that shines on a hill that cannot be hid. That was the whole time. He's going to come for you. But remember, we're all going to stand in the seat. We're all going to stand in judgment of everything that we've been. Good or bad. What is our motivation? What is our motivation for I don't want to say this. The average pastor in the United States, the average pastor, average, makes over $100,000 a year. There are many people that get into ministry because they think it's a cushy job. Do you realize the most dangerous, two most dangerous places in a church? Number one right here. Number two, right there where you sit. Because I'm responsible for every word that goes out. You're responsible for every word you hear. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So when God sends that person to you, and he gets that person is, he may not be wearing the nicest clothes. He may have a jail record. He may be a drug addict. He may be, they may be divorced. They may be not quite what people said the church should be. Yes, baby. You going to preach with me? Okay, let's preach. You will never meet someone that Jesus didn't die for. God put that person in front of you for a reason. God put that child in front of you for a reason. Come back over here, baby. You want to go on today? God manipulates and puts people into your life so that you can get the reward. 
When we stand on that big seat, when we stand up there to receive our reward for doing good or doing evil, the two things that's going to come into play is, number one, what is our motivation? Why did you do it? Did you, do it? Did you get into ministry for money? Did you get into it because you love people? Did you get into it so you can help someone, so you can change lives? Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, has come to seek and save that which was lost. What is our motivation? Is it to change lives or just draw a paycheck? I promise you this. Draw a paycheck. There's a whole lot easier way to do it. Preaching isn't a job. It's a call. It's a love. Y'all are all preachers. You see, there's some people that Don Smith can't get to, but you can. You're supposed to let your witness so shine. You're supposed to walk and talk with Jesus. So that person comes to you and looks and says, I need to know Jesus. I need what you got. What happened to you, Don? You're not the same guy that I went to school with. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. But if you're sitting down on that pew, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in the community. God called you to do it. God called us all to be pastors. He said in John 15, I have chosen you. That you go forth and bear fresh fruit, and that your fruit might remain. You see, losing reward on the Venus seat, yes, the book of Jews and this teaches that some shall be saved as by fire. The book of Jews says that some is going to be saved with the smell of smoke on Yeah, you're going to be saved. But every one of us is going to cross that stage. Everyone is going to go to the demon seat. Everyone is going to stand before God and give an account of the talent that you were given. What are you doing with your talent? What are you doing with your talent? Are people seeing the Jesus that you were that you were given? Is Jesus? Are people seeing that measure of faith that you were given? There are people right now that are sitting at home. There are people right now that are sitting at home thinking they're fulfilling the Great Commission. What's the Great Commission? Go. Go ye therefore into all nations and make disciples. What does that mean, Brother Don? That means simply this. Not only are you supposed to give someone the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you're supposed to lead them to it. 
You're supposed to teach them how to walk with God, walk and talk with God. But to do that, you've got to walk and talk with Jesus yourself. That's a hard lesson, Brother Don. That's a hard lesson to try. You know, I'm going to tell you this, and y'all ain't going to like this, but i got to answer to God for it. I don't care how many times you come to church. I don't care how often you sit. I, God don't care how much you drop in the plate. God don't care how much many classes you teach. He don't care how many songs you sing. If you're not bringing honor and glory to Him, out there you're not right with God. The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. He didn't give you breath to sit down. Brother Don, I can't witness to people. I can't I can't do what you do. I can't I can't jump on the on the stage or a table in the, in the middle of a restaurant and, and and tell somebody not Jesus, no, but you can't out of track. Every one of you goes to town somewhere today. You'll go to Walmart, you'll go somewhere. You'll go to lunch. You know how you know how you witness? Change you build up? Leave a track on the table. Can I can I give you a track? Can I give you something to read this thing? We got to be about the business of God. We sit back in our churches and we wait for them to come in. You know what that's like? That's like having a couple hundred thousand on a boat and never getting out of the dock. Jesus told the disciples, I will make you fishers of men. And this is one of the greatest evangelism tools that you will ever find and they've been sitting up there for months. Give it to somebody. Drop it in a restaurant. Drop it on the table. Because you are going to be judged for what you do. Now, Christians don't want to hear that. Uh, they, don't, they don't want to hear that they're going to be judged for every thought, every, every word God says. Now, 
When you do like Job, when you say, Don't he slay me? Yeah, well, I serve What's your thoughts? What are you willing to give? What are you willing to give up? Job had lost everything his family, his land, his horses, his cattle. Even his friends came in. Job stood up. He said, though he slay me, yet will I worship him. You know what that means? That means that Dallas Cowboys will be playing about five this season. Though the Dallas Cowboys are playing, I'm going to worship Jesus. Though the bass are biting, Lake Bob Stanley, I'm going to worship Jesus. You know why? Because when you get out there, Jesus is going to send somebody that you can minister to, that you can talk to. Everybody out there. The little girl that you buy the minutes from, she needs Jesus. The guy that you buy gas from at the store, he needs Jesus. You'll never meet someone that doesn't need Jesus. But we walk right past them. Well, you know, if I give if I give that loan that twenty dollars, all he's gonna do is buy water. All he's gonna do is buy dough. That's not your call. That's not your call. You know how I know? Because Jesus promised. Jesus, remember the guy Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He said, if you give a cup of water in my name, you will not lose your water. We walk right past them. You want to change many other Texas? Start one person at a time. You want to change many other Texas? It starts one track at a time. You know, there is a great tale told by about Johnny Apple. He was a Union soldier during war, during the Civil War, and they were fixing to be overrun. The uh, general had already called for a general retreat. Johnny Apple got up out of the ditch. He ran, jumped over in the pit, and knocked, knocked one of the Yankees in the head, grabbed him, threw him on his shoulder, and ran back. And the general said, what are you doing? Where did you get him? He said, they're right on the yonder. There's plenty of them. Y'all could all have one if you wanted it. Do you see where I'm going? We can sit back and be saved as by fire. I live on the outskirts of New Jerusalem. Or we can work while the night, while the day is bright because the night comes when no man can work. And folks, I hate to tell you this, but it's getting dark. Have you ever seen, if you, you ever think, Brother Will, that you would see in the United States of America what's going on now? It's getting dark. And it, it's like they're trying to see just how far they can push the evil. But you want to stop it? Do you want to stop it if the Lord comes back for your kids, for your grandkids, Miss Debbie? Do you want to know how to stop it? You stop it one soul at a time. 
You want to change your kids? One soul at a time. Change the world. One person at a time. That's what Paul's talking about. That's what Paul's talking about, standing before the baby thing. Work while they. Because the night comes when no man can work. If you want to change the world, you got to master the little things. The greatest piece of advice that I ever got growing up, a, an old, an old Baptist preacher by the name of Van Tapper. I, I was fortunate enough to meet him before he passed. And I, I was... I was telling him how fantastic I was and all the Bible that I learned and all the pentagram that I could quote. He looked at me and he said, Son, God doesn't need another pentagram. God needs you. Oh. You mean God doesn't want me to have these big crusades? You mean God doesn't want me to do that? He said, He might, but He might not. Master the little things. If you want to be, if you want to master the big things, you've got to start with the little things. The, the, what's the old saying? The journey of a thousand miles starts with that first step. You remember how I told you? We ain't going to be here very much longer. You remember how I told you? The Israelites had wandered in the wilderness with Moses for 40 years. Moses is dead. Joshua had taken over, and they were at the banks of the river, which was the Jordan River, which was overflowing by 15 miles at that time. 15 miles. The Levites come up. How are we going to get across this water? How are we going to get across this trouble in our life? How are we going to get across that thing that's blocking our blessings, blocking that? On the other side, how are we going to do that? The word says that when the Levites took that first step, the water abated. Took that second step, the water abated more. Till they were out in the middle, and the water abated. Folks, I want to tell you, Jesus is waiting for you to move. Jesus is waiting for you to be that witness. Jesus is waiting for you to stand tall for him so you can cast your crown. So when we get to the theme of seat of Christ, the big theme of seat, and look at Christ, we can take him from those crowns at his feet. But if we set on our blessed assurance, we're going to be saved by Fire. Now, I don't know about y'all, but when I see Jesus, I want to throw crowns at his feet. I want to be what Jesus wants. Do I want to be Billy Graham? No, I don't. Did I used to? Yeah. Now I just want to be the best God that God can be. You see, God didn't call you to be Priscilla Shire. God called you to be him. You know what? You know what? Because your kids and your grandkids, although they may live.
take away their Christianity from you. All these fantastic preachers, that's all good and well. If you want your kids to be a soul winner, you want your kids to shoot, shoot evil, you got to do it. You got to do it. You want your kids to walk in the ways of God, they got to see you walk in the ways of God. Because whether y'all realize or not, children are God's little kind of you got a secret, a baby's going to tell it. So, the question today is, when you stand on that beam of seat before Christ, do you want to come in as a fire sale Christian by the seat of your pants sliding in, or do you want to do something for him? What do you want to do? I want to work. I want to work. I want to just pull one more out. We want every one of us want to pray that God stand eternity on our forehead. That God stand eternity on our forehead. You know why? Because right now, right now somebody's dying to go to hell. Right now. Did you meet that person? You were walking down the street in Walmart. Did you, did you meet that person? Because we are not, we are not promised breath. We're not promised the next breath. Folks, this is how serious it is. We may slide in that fire, but that person that we turned away because they weren't right. They didn't look right. They didn't smell right. They didn't have the right bank account. So they wouldn't help our church. That really goes to hell. The word says, not Tom Smith. Not Tom Smith. That word says, I will require their blood at your hands. So when you stand before God on the beam of seat, is we all we all go across that thing. Are you going to stand on that seat throwing crowns? I don't want to lay hands. I think the amethyst, don't come on up. The greatest, one of the greatest missionaries that ever walked across foreign sod is by the name of C.T. Studd. C.T. Studd said, probably the, there's a poem that's about eight pages long, but I'm only going to call the last. The season is over. The harvest is past. Only what's done for Jesus will last. So what are you doing? What are you doing to affect eternity? I'm hoping to God they have a big house to get our people in. Look, folks, it's not about the wealthy. It's not about the healthy. God loves every soul out there that you will ever see. You want to affect your community. If you want the people around you to do right, you got to do right. If you want, because you're going to affect the kind of people that you want, 
the trash, what kind of thing? 